0: So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy and let's get to the show. I have a feeling you guys are going to love this topic because I did. Do you ever fall into one of the following camps in your business? Uh, The first being, well, I just don't really need good photos, do I? Like my business doesn't really need that. It's not a visual brand. Or I can't afford to just hire a professional photographer. Like I see all these other brands that are have all these beautiful pictures, but like I can't afford to do that. Or maybe the third camp of I take my own pictures, but they don't really seem to be moving the needle for me. Anything in that realm has also been me. But we're in a very, very visual business world right now. Like even if you might think you can get away without it, you can't. You've got to have good pictures, but it doesn't mean you have to hire somebody. It doesn't mean you have to be a photography whiz. So what can you do? You can create incredible visual content for your brand that's going to drive your business forward. That's why I invited on Amy Eaton, who's a professional brand and product photographer, and she's all about teaching online entrepreneurs how to DIY their own awesome photos for their businesses. And what I love is that she breaks it all down into a step-by-step approach. Anybody can follow it, even someone like me who sucks at taking pictures and doesn't have the fancy camera and doesn't want to spend a lot of time doing it. So get ready because you're about to become the pick wizard in no time. And be sure to go to today's show notes and snag Amy's amazing free guide. It's five styles of photos for a dynamic and engaging Instagram feed. Rock solid. You're going to want to snag that. And let us see your work. Like when you have some new pictures, tag Amy tag me so that we can celebrate your wins we can share your photos and help you get out there to the world let's get to the show all right so this is going to absolutely light up some of the entrepreneurs that are listening in because we need photo help so (laughs) I am so happy to welcome you to the show Amy thanks for being here Thank you so much for having me. I'm really,
1: really excited to share some stuff with your audience. Oh, and me, because I am ready to learn. Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my my listeners know that I am a sucker for someone who um, they take a skill set or a service-based business or the, you know, a world where they may have been trading time for money and they turn it into a scalable brand. And that's something that you've done. And I love that. You've done it in the photography space. But before we get into the nitty-gritty of how you do what you do and what we can do to improve in, in photography for our own businesses, tell us more about you, how you got here,
1: um, what led you on this journey? Yeah. Okay. Well, just exactly what you just said, really. I was a service-based business owner. I was a photographer living in Toronto in Canada. And you know, it's it's not too hard to get clients in a big city when you're a brand and product photographer, but- regardless the community, you know, it's, it's a niche that is fairly saturated and competitive. And I had, you know, just this idea that I wanted to move to my home province where I grew up, which is really small population. You know, it's like a little coastal seaside (laughs) tourism community. Um, probably not a great place to make a a good living as a photographer. So, and, and I just really wanted the option to be able to scale. I wanted to be able to Make more by doing less and not have not be trading time for money and being able to, you know, reach more people than my current time allowed. Really, I was pregnant with my first kid, and I just knew that I needed to find something that was a better fit for the lifestyle that I wanted to have. So, I at the time was. I made the decision to teach product photography to makers because I'd had several friends who were makers and I knew there was this huge need in the maker community to learn how to take great product photos because that is so crucial when selling products online. And a lot of makers, uh, you know, it's a, it's not easy. Product photography is really hard. Photography in general is hard. Uh, so there was the kind of the need there. So I built a course for them. That was three years ago. It has been phenomenal My students have had some tremendous success that has been so rewarding. And I realized just within the last probably six months or so that they're they're not the only ones out there who want the help with photography. And that there are a lot of online entrepreneurs and people who are marketing themselves online who want to also be able to take great photos of their business. And so, you know, I figure I I have the system in place. I know how to teach photography in a simple step-by-step way to people who are non-photographers and don't want all of the overwhelming, like crazy lighting setups and technical jargon and all of that stuff. So I knew that I'd be able to kind of translate what I've been teaching makers to a wider community. And that is what I'm doing now.
0: Hmm, And I'm so glad you are because I need it. And I know that our, (laughs) our listeners need it. And it's kudos to you because you saw that that scalability was going to give you more freedom and more of the opportunity to live the life you want to live. And I think sometimes people have a hard time thinking outside the box. Like let's take a photographer, for example. They think, well, my skill sets in photography, that requires me to be behind the camera and that's it. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, When
0: in reality, we all have knowledge and and expertise and experiences that we can take and strip down and kind of excavate that and, and package it into other forms that allow us to do exactly what you just said, which is to earn more while doing less Mm -hmm. and creating more passive income streams. So good for you. And I want to get your, your take on something. So years ago, it felt like maybe certain businesses could get away without having a visual brand. Mm -hmm. Like you know, a CPA could do just fine. A massage therapist didn't need a host of photos, even like a business strategist didn't have to have anything but a single boring headshot. But now everything is just really different and Mm. everything is visual. And I'd say you can have an amazing product or business, but if your visual branding is poor, you're kind of automatically getting docked some points on credibility, or at least that's the perception that that I have. You know, when you go look someone up and you see like, ooh, like, that's a grainy image. Even if it's not like a brand that you would think would have to be visually appealing, that is kind of the storefront. It's like the first interaction we have with them. So what do you think about that? Do you think that's
1: true? Am I far off or no, um, are you, you seeing uh, that too? Oh my gosh, you're so bang on. I mean, even when I'm looking up a local service, I'm, I'm finding them online. I'm not driving down the street looking for an account. Like I'm going to search for someone on Google. I'm going to go to their website. And my first impression is entirely based on what I'm seeing online. And whether you're a local business or you're an online business, that storefront, that virtual storefront is where most people are encountering you. So if someone shows up at your website and they don't see the professionalism there. And that's really where those quality photos come in is just communicating a sense of, I am a professional. My photos are high quality. That means my services are high quality. And that communication is really, really key because even if you're not really consciously making those, you know, observations, if I show up to a website and I'm thinking about working with somebody and I see that their headshot is like kind of a selfie and the lighting isn't great. And I'm like, really though, <laughs> I just, I feel like my first assumption is, okay, well, maybe they're not a real serious business. I'm going to shop somewhere else. So, and, and that's not even necessarily something that a visitor to a website is going to consciously think of. It's just the unease. They'll, they'll kind of look at it and think like, oh, well, I don't really think this is quite for me. It's not quite the level I'm going for or whatever. So yeah, you're so right. <laughs> yeah. The I, head, and- nail on the head. It's a bummer
0: too for so many companies because there
1: are amazing people
0: behind these organizations and businesses and brands, and they just haven't put enough emphasis on the power of the, the visual nature of of business today. So they're getting overlooked and they're losing that credibility and it's really killing their businesses. Okay. So I know there are a lot of people listening that are thinking, okay, well, I can't afford a photographer. I'm not that great at taking pictures. What are your words of wisdom for people who are already kind of clamming up over the thought of incorporating more photography or photos into their
1: business and where can they start? Well, first of all, I totally get, I get the feeling that people, like I know where people are coming from when they immediately think this is too much. It's a really big topic to learn. And even if I do learn it, this is going to take a ton of time that I don't have. So I, I resonate with those feelings for sure. And I understand where people are coming from. I think that the key, though, is to know that you don't have to know everything about photography. You don't have to learn everything that a photographer knows. There are just very specific pieces that you need to know. And if you know those pieces, you can get away with much less fancy equipment, much less expensive equipment. You can set yourself up for success in being able to take, you know, like 30 to 60 photos at once so that you have a stockpile Or you can even just get so comfortable with it that on a day-to-day basis, documenting, you know, things that you want to share online is not, doesn't seem overwhelming or even anything other than second nature. It just feels easy and simple and fast. And and that's kind of the goal that I want for online entrepreneurs, for them to be able to feel empowered and sharing themselves online and taking high quality professional looking photos, even if they weren't taken by a professional and being able to do that without it being just such this heavy burden on their mind all the time. Just have it be something that can be simple and fun and creative in a way for them to connect and share.
0: Yes, that That resonates with me because I want simple, I want effective, I want quick. Um, So before we get into the how, because I think that's what people are going to want, to really sink the hook into our listeners and help them understand the power of doing what you're about to tell us to do. What have you seen happen in your students who take this on, who say, okay, fine, I'll humor you, Amy. I will apply some of the stuff that you're talking about. And they start making these shifts and they start taking better pictures and they have a beautiful and appealing brand what have you seen happen in their businesses and why is this so important?
1: I think there's a couple of really key things that happen. And one is everyone knows what the know, like, and trust factor is, I think, right? For those mm-hmm. who don't know, basically, it means that a person who's encountering online, you want to build a sense that they know you and that they like you and that they can trust you. And then they're more likely to buy from you or invest in your services. So by showing up consistently online with professional looking photos, but that also show your personality and show something about you that kind of lets them into your life a little bit, lets them get to know you. You're building that no like interest factor. And that is so invaluable and it's not achieved through stock photos. So that is not an option. (laughs) And even if you do hire a brand photographer, which lots of people still do, I even will hire brand photographers because sometimes it's just nice to have someone else do the work for a while, but (laughs) it doesn't have the same personal vision that you can share, or the same kind of storytelling aspect that you can tell yourself about you and your own personal brand. So being able to do it yourself is a lot more powerful. And not only that, but I think when my people have started to take these photos and they're feeling empowered, they're showing up online more confidently, more regularly. They are in front of their customers and their followers more They're sharing personal things about them that help them to connect. And I mean, I don't mean mean that you have to share all of the personal details about yourself, but even just some things that let people know really about your story as a business. And oftentimes as personal brands, our stories are connected to our personal parts of ourselves, like maybe your kids or your active lifestyle or the fact that you love yoga or whatever. You can incorporate those pieces into your photos. And when a person is able to show themselves through photos that they're proud of, that they feel good about, they are so much more confident, not just in showing up online, but also marketing themselves online.
0: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And and it builds that authenticity factor that you're Mm. a real person behind your business and it gives people something to connect to you know, like a lot of times we're trying to present our businesses so much and we try to take ourselves out of the equation. But when you can have these personal branding photos incorporated with your brand and your business, all of a sudden people can make that emotional connection to what you're offering and who you are. So I am with you with that on a hundred percent. So help us get started. Like, Do we need to buy some equipment? Like, what do we need to do? Where do we start? Like, are we good with just our iPhone? Do we need a little something extra?
1: I think that it's important for everyone to start with what they already have. So, I support people in using your iPhone. I do think that what I have found consistently with my students, whether they're makers or online business owners or service providers or whatever, is that once they establish kind of a baseline knowledge and they're to feel good about it and they want to really push themselves then they start to feel the limitations of their iphones and then they'll invest in in a bigger camera or a fancier you know a dslr camera even the entry-level ones are fantastic and they you know get a lot out of those and they're not terribly expensive so i do recommend you know planning maybe someday to upgrade to a dslr but if all you have right now is an iphone you absolutely should start there because there's a lot that you can learn just with that tool about photography so that when you're ready to move on to a more professional camera, professional, you know, the the entry level cameras are really accessible these days and easy to use. I don't want anyone to be intimidated by the word professional (laughs) when Mm -hmm. I'm talking about DSLRs, but uh, yeah, there's options. You don't have to necessarily have a fancy camera and especially, you know, smartphones are getting better and better all the time. I don't think they'll ever outperform DSLR cameras, but uh, they're certainly making it easier and easier to take a quality photo for sure. Yeah. I do yeah. recommend kind of baseline. Everyone should have a tripod because we're not doing selfies anymore. We have all agreed to leave the selfies out <laughs> universal of universal agreement. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. fine. I'm starting it, but still <laughs> okay, the word. I'll, I'll run with you on that one. <laughs> uh, Instagram story is totally fine. Selfie all all day long on your Instagram stories, but I went in your Instagram feed. You should have, uh, we call them self portraits. That just sounds a little bit fancier and a little bit more professional. And you can do it very easily with a tripod. And all phones have self timers, all cameras have self timers. You can make that happen. And uh, it's just a simple tool that makes all the difference.
0: So tripod and or
1: husband, got it. Right, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I have a husband. I do also have a tripod, but I use the husband way more. My
0: husband prefers I use the tripod, so I'm
1: I'm, I'm good with that. So
0: actually mine lately, because my son commandeered, my four-year-old commandeered my tripod to use as um, a weapon against his sisters. So now (laughs) I use a stack of books. I've gone, I'm moving backwards in my professionalism. It's okay.
1: I literally two weeks ago took photos of myself with my camera on a stack of books. Yep. Because See, I was too lazy to go get my tripod. <laughs> Whatever it takes you guys. Yeah. It's yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly.
0: Okay. So take an amateur like me, someone who's, I've been in business for a while now and I'm, I've embraced that I need to be a visual brand and we've taken that leap, but walk me through some of the ways I can improve or like maybe some do's and don'ts. Like Mm -hmm. do, you know, use a tripod, don't try and do a selfie and, you know, don't whatever. So like, what are some like tactical, tangible things that, okay, I've got my tripod at least and I, or my stack of books and (laughs) maybe my cell phone, maybe a DSLR. What are some things that I can start applying today that will spruce up my, my brand and the visual nature of it?
1: Absolutely. So the first thing is always going to be lighting. That is the first element of taking professional looking photos is that your lighting has to be great. And it is probably one of the trickier things to learn and understand, but on a very basic level, never have a window behind you. When you're taking a photo, uh, you want to face the light of a window. If you are just kind of like, okay, I want to take a decent photo of myself real quick just go sit in front of the biggest window you have <laughs> there or, or open your front door and take a photo in front of your, with the light coming in your front door. Um, ideally you don't want the light to be coming directly from the sun to hit you. That gives you the shiny. It's not a good look. Don't it's harsh. Okay, got it. It's not so, uh, <laughs> avoid direct light sources. And that would be light from you know, like an overhead light or the sun or the flash on your camera, never use the flash on your camera. So avoid direct light sources, but try to find bright sources of of what we call indirect light. So light that is bright, but it's just not immediately coming from the sun to hit you square in the face. What that does, it gives you nice soft light. It's the light that makes your skin look great. (laughs) And it avoids all those harsh shadows that can make the underneath of your eyes look really bad. Uh, so seek out that soft, bright light. That is the easiest way to go about it. You can also go outside just like in the shade of a building or a tree or whatever, uh, and take some shots there as well. So lighting by far the most important, those are some quick tips to try to find some adequate lighting for photos of yourself. Now, if you're not, if you may not be taking photos of yourself, you might want to take a photo of the breakfast you're having that day or, you know, a book that you're reading or whatever. And you can set those up on a table or a desk or something right next to a window, like we just talked about, uh, and, and take a shot of it there. If you're kind of getting some shadows, you could, what I tell my product photography students a lot is to set up some white foam boards. You can kind of have some foam boards handy to set up around this little scene that you have, uh, and that will help contain the light to that space, brighten it, make it, you know, get rid of some of those shadows. And those that, that tools, like, I mean, they're pretty basic tools, white foam boards, but if you just have a couple of them handy that you can just prop up to take some of these shots, it's a great way to just take a photo of a card that got sent to you from a client that you want to share, or, you know, like I said, a, your favorite business book that you're reading, or it's just something that you really want your audience to connect with about you that you're doing right now. And that's just an easy way to capture some of those things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Okay. So we got good lighting. We can use some, some boards to use as backdrops. I've seen even they like if you want to get all fancy, they have like ones that look like a marble tabletop that they sell for an ungodly price, a piece of cardboard <laughs> and different things online. So you can kind of experiment with that.
1: Um what are some don'ts? Okay. So don'ts. The most important thing again is the lighting. So assuming that we're not talking about lighting. We've already established our lighting. But aside from that, do not you want to make sure that you are especially if you're using your smartphone, the quality of your photos has to be good. So you mentioned the beginning grainy images that can come from low light situations. Often you can also get something called motion blur. So when the light is low, any kind of small, small movements in your hand, even if you just breathe, it can cause a little bit of a of what we call motion blur so there's just some softness around the edges and those are the kind of things that really scream this photo was not taken by a professional. So by avoiding some of those things uh, and making sure that you do have that great light and making sure that you're not taking those selfies because they don't look professional and those are really the biggest pieces and I also think that there's something to be said for having a variety of photos. Now if we're talking Instagram specifically I really wanna see a variety of different photos. I often will go to a website and I just see either they're all stock photos or they're all photos of a person's head and shoulders or whatever, and I wanna see more of a variety. People wanna see a more dynamic feed. They wanna see more storytelling. So the storytelling doesn't just exist in your captions. It very much exists in your photos as well. So I think it's important to plan out how you can communicate a bit of a story this isn't a don't. I guess this is a do. <laughs> sure, that's fine. Don't stick to the same images time after time, and try to use your photos as an opportunity to tell a little bit more of your personal story, your personal brand story, and connect with your following in a in a more deeper way. Because that image is going to be the first thing that they see and encounter. That's going to be their hook to make them stop scrolling and to read. And same goes for like Facebook ad graphics and everything. So by having something that does really jump out at them is going to be really huge. And another thing that I like to encourage people to do is to don't be afraid to incorporate colors into your photos, especially if they're brand colors. When people are scrolling Instagram or they're scrolling Facebook and maybe there's ads going by or however colors will jump out more than anything else. So using cheery colors like yellows and teals and oranges and different things like avoid red, nobody likes red, Uh, (laughs) but incorporating some of these colors, especially if they're brand colors, uh, is a really, really great way to kind of capture attention.
0: Mm, Yes, I 100% agree. So on that note of color, what do you think about, you know, especially again, in the Instagram space, people are using a lot of filters and they're trying to create a certain tone or feel for their, let's say their Instagram feed, or even outside of Instagram using tools or apps to kind of make your, enhance your photos. Any opinion on that and suggestions if you think it is something to try out and maybe even like
1: app suggestions that you, that are go-tos for you? Yeah, absolutely. I love this topic. So <laughs> I always, Run with my, it. I'm ready. <laughs> I tell my product photography students to always avoid filters. And the reasons why is because it often will um, alter color. And with products, you don't want to alter the authenticity of the, of the product. There's a little bit more leniency when it comes to brand photos, because you're not selling a product that someone's going to receive in the mail, but it can also look very unprofessional very quickly it's so important to make sure that if you are using a filter, it is fairly subtle. It shouldn't be really strong with this vignetting is that, you know, that dark that you see around the edges. Mm -hmm. And so avoid heavy vignetting and and different things like that, or or anything that really saturates the colors of your photo or makes it really, really super contrasty. Those are all things that you want to avoid, but I do support the idea of having your photos have a similar aesthetic in terms of filters or editing. I don't use filters I edit and a lot of people are moving in the direction even you know amateurs or uh, like amateur photographers or people just trying to take photos for their Instagram are kind of learning a little bit more about editing and how to uh, have a consistent look and presets are the hot things these days is to have yeah
0: talk to me about presets what do you think about this I
1: love I have a set of presets that I made for product photographers because they don't alter colors there's not really a whole lot out there For them and I'm going to adapt them slightly for my audience as well but there are lots of presets out there and you can make your own presets so if you have a style if you learn a little bit about editing and you develop a style that you really like then you can save that preset really easily and apply that to all of your photos so that they do have kind of a consistent vibe there's a lot of ways you can change the vibe of a photo through your editing or through using a filter or a preset or whatever so making sure that there's some consistency in that is super key And my favorite tool is Lightroom. I absolutely love Lightroom and you can use it on desktop with the Adobe photography subscription, which is $9.99 USD a month, I think. But um, you can even just get the mobile, the Lightroom mobile app for free. Almost all of the features in it are free. There's a couple of ones that you can use if you have the paid plan, but most of them are free. You can still use presets, even if you don't pay for the subscription, which is awesome. And you can make your own presets as well. So that allows you to... Edit a photo, and you'll need to know a few things about how to edit, like you know, just what the different terms mean and what they actually do to a photo. But it's not nearly as overwhelming as a person thinks right off the bat. And being able to save that look in a preset is so easy because then you can just kind of load your photos into the app and apply the preset, and you're good to go. And the iPhone and Android Lightroom apps actually have a built-in camera right in the app, so you can actually just take your photos with the Lightroom camera and then edit them and kind of do everything right in, in house, which is really cool.
0: I didn't know that. I, I never thought to take the photo through the app itself, but it's good to hear that you like a Lightroom because that's about mm-hmm. the only
1: thing I know how to use and I'm hey, using. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a great, it's a great app.
0: And is that pretty much the, the go-to app you'd recommend or are there any other ones that you would suggest?
1: So I love Lightroom for taking photos and editing. I also love, it's so funny, my YouTube video this week was exactly this topic. So it's very fresh in my mind. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I love Lightroom. And I also, you can download something called a Lux Meter. This is one of my hottest tips, by the way. Okay, I'm (laughs) taking notes. This is one that I like to pull out every now and then just to get people excited. But there's a really cool uh, opportunity to download an app called a Lux Meter. And there's a lot of different ones. You just want to pick one that has decent, you know, a lot of reviews that are, five you know close to five stars at least and then that way you know that it's a decent little tool. And a lux meter measures how much light is in a given space. So you can if you're kind of trying to take photos and they just keep turning out too dark and you're not really sure what's going on, you can use a lux meter, just use it through it it detects the light through the camera on your phone. So you just kind of hold it in front of the space where you're trying to take a photo and it'll measure how much lux is in a space. And ideally you'd like to have a space that has 1000 lux or more. All it is doing basically is measuring, is there enough light here for me to get a decent photo? And they're free, which is so cool. So it's a great tool. I think for iPhone, one of the ones that I recommend is Galactica Luxmeter. And for Android, there's a few different ones. I think I actually have an Android phone, which is weird because everything else I have is, is Apple. But um, I think it's called Light Meter and then in brackets Luxmeter. And, but really, I mean, anyone that has decent reviews is good to go. It's a cool tool. That is a hot tip. I just wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Thank really you. Fun. It's fun. And a lot of people start to feel a lot, a lot more empowerment around their photography when they can actually concretely measure how much light is there. And I mean, it's not a, like a 100% accuracy or anything like that. There is some wiggle room there. It's, got, it's a guideline, but it's a really great way to just get a sense. of, Like if you want to take a, a photo of you baking in the kitchen and you're not really sure if you have enough light, then your Lux mirror will tell you if that's a good space to try to take some photos or not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um okay, I have a, another question for you that I'm just really curious your thoughts on this because it's something I've personally experienced in my my business and my brand. So, I've had professional photos taken. It's something that I do. I work with a photographer monthly now, not something that I've always done, just to kind of do what we're talking about, but like gather mm-hmm. a good host of images that I can work from. Change my clothes a few times in a couple hours and we get a bunch of photos. And I use a combination of those and photos that I take, more candid ones with the family or things that um, I'm capturing myself or our family's capturing. And for some reason, I've noticed that my professional photos do not do as well Mm engagement-wise as my kind of more off-the-cuff, maybe less quality photos, but more maybe real seeming. I'm not really sure. I try to do like my photographer is great and, and he finds ways to capture me in like everyday life. So they, they're they not super staged or portraits or anything like that. I don't know if it's just my audience and what they appreciate, but have you noticed anything with that or have any any thoughts regarding that?
1: I think that you have completely Highlighted the reason why I'm encouraging people to learn how to take their own photos, and it's great to also hire brand photographers. I I support hiring brand photographers as well because it is great to have those images, especially for like your website and things like that. If you can afford a brand photographer, it's great. Uh, but people know when they're taken by someone else. It's not through your lens. It's not through. And when I say your lens, I don't mean your literal camera lens necessarily, but your vision. It's not your story. It's someone else's interpretation of your story, no matter how great the photographer is or how accurate they may be able to capture you, it's not the same as someone knowing this is, people know this is you telling the story of your life and people are more excited about that than they are about the brand photo. It's just the way it is. Even for me, so I'm a brand photographer, all of my photos are taken by me. If I take a nice photo of a flat lay or even a nice photo of myself, like my face, then engagement might be meh. If I put up a photo of me with my daughter, or if I put up a photo of my dog, people are just like, what? I can't wait to see more. I want more dog photos. I want more photos of your kids because that's the stuff that people connect to the most. So even though they all look the same on my feed because they're taken by me, there's just something so much more special when I really highlight the story of my life. People connect Mm -hmm. so much more to that. So no matter how much a professional photographer uh, may be able to capture your authenticity. There's just something about when they know that it's through your own eyes, that is more powerful. It just connects. It it just lands better.
0: Yeah, I've noticed it for sure. And mm. it's, I think it, it helps to hear you drive that point home and encourage. I think we're in such a polished world right now where everyone feels this pressure to to be quote, perfect. And we look at all these big influencers on social media who do have all these professional photos and it's just so not real life. And I think people are kind of getting, um, I don't know, they're like up to their ears in that, that maybe they're craving real and they're craving down to earth. People are really over it. Yeah. They're they're really
1: over the facade.
0: Yeah, I think I am too. And it's (laughs) like, like it's hard for me when I see, you know, I have three little kids and I see a picture of a mom with like literally seven or eight kids, which God bless them. And then they're all like a year apart and they're all standing in their Sunday best, like, you know, in order of height and they're all perfectly smiling. I'm like, come on. I know that took you seven hours to take. Like, I know you were screaming at your children up and and bribing them with candy (laughs) Until this actually happened, and but we're getting the moment that like it was probably even photoshopped, like like to get all their smiles I at the have same photoshopped time. Faces on
1: other faces. before. Yes.
0: <laughs> so it's like you know I want to know what what they're like. I want to see the picture of like shit hitting the fan as they're trying to take this photo. Like yeah. I want to see like the mom like screaming and the little kid like laying on the ground throwing a <laughs> tantrum. Because then I'm like, oh my god, girl, I feel you. I was just going right? through that
1: myself. But that's it. That's because you connect with that. You cannot connect to the fancy, you know, perfect family that's posing. That is not your life or my life and probably not their life. (laughs) It's just a photo. And I feel like there's been this evolution, especially with Instagram being such a visual platform. There's been kind of this evolution where it started out where, with the really perfect feeds, you know, with, with all these styled photos. And people are no longer buying it. They they really feel, because at first I think everyone was like, oh, pretty photos, this is fun. I love looking at pretty photos. But now people are kind of over it and they're just like, okay, I just want to know who you are though. Like, do you? can I relate to you? Can I connect with what you have going on? Because if I can relate to you and connect to you, I'll want to work with you. But if I feel like mm-hmm. we don't exist on the same planet, then I'm going to feel like there's too much of a separation or like I'm not good enough to work with you, or whatever. So I think showing the humanness is so much, so much more powerful. And I mean, these photos I'm talking about where I'm sharing photos of me with my daughter, it's like my hair on a top knot and like <laughs> rocking my postpartum bod, like I don't even care. And those are the things that people resonate with. So there is more engagement. It feels more real. It feels, it's the same idea as when you meet someone at a party that has like this air of, you know, kind of, I don't want to use the word fakeness, but they just really present like they're perfectly made up and Mm -hmm. they glide around the room. And do you feel like going up and talking to that person? Not really. You're a little intimidated probably by how perfect they are, but you want your, you gravitate towards the person who's a little bit of a hot mess because you're also a little bit of a hot mess. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been so helpful. So amazing. I love your tips. they are all things that feel really doable. And really like, you know, we don't have to go like change how we're doing everything. These are like tweaks that we can make today. Um, so I am excited to upgrade back to my tripod over my stack of books. And I just think this is what a lot of brands need to hear and realize that like, doesn't matter what you do, you are a visual brand. People care about this. Doesn't have to be perfect, but it does have to be you. And, and having good images and a variety of images is going to make a huge impact on the bottom line of your business and how people resonate and connect with you. So, where can people come find you?
1: Well, Instagram is a great place. <laughs> my Instagram, I'm sure you'll share it in the show notes, but my Instagram handle is amy.takes.pictures it's the most awkward handle ever, but I've come too far now. (laughs) I can't change it. Uh, all of my links would break and it would be this whole thing. But, uh, Instagram is a great place to connect for sure. And I also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Amy Eaton, where every week I share some tips on photography. Yeah. And those are probably the two best places to find me. And I do have a free resource for anyone who's interested in learning about the different styles of photos you can be taking for your Instagram account to help you mix it up and have that kind of dynamic feed that I was talking about.
0: I would love to share that. And I'd also love it for myself. So um, we'll make sure that we get that linked in the show notes, because right. I think that's something will
1: really, people will
0: very much appreciate. And you're awesome. I love the work you're doing. You're making our lives better. Our businesses giving us ways that we can grow our businesses and get more exposure in the right way, you know, in a, in authentic way. So thank you so much for what you're doing. And thanks for coming on today.
1: Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure to talk with you.
0: One of the most broken narratives I hear from entrepreneurs and my students and clients is that they feel like they don't know what their unique gifts are or what their special spin is when it comes to how they're going to stand out in a saturated market. So I created a worksheet that I've used for myself and for those clients to help you know with clarity what sets you apart so you can identify your true superpower as both an individual and as an entrepreneur. So you can snag it by shooting me a text. So send a text to 38470 using the word superpower 38470 and if that's all one word superpower you have that secret sauce you just need to nail it down with some confidence and this worksheet is totally free and it's going to help you do that thanks so much for hanging out with me today